Welcome back to another episode of Never Settle. Today I have the co-founder of Complex Creatures, Tara Elmore. Thank you for being here. You are also a fellow cancer survivor, which leads us into our subject today. Appreciate you and your spirit. Thank you for having me. Love that. Um, yeah, I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. What we're jumping into today, what's missing in post-cancer care? And when I brought this subject to you, I just, I see it in your face, I see it in your eyes, and I think we both have similar, uh, I will say pain points, for lack of a better phrase, that there's something missing. Would you agree? Could not agree more. Yeah, totally agree. I think um, for me, that was like, and I think this is a lot of people as I'm learning, I'm um, actually this month, I don't know when, I don't know when this will air, but June, um, 2022, it will be my five-year um, cancer-free date, and so um, it's there's so much there's so much missing, and I think going through cancer was actually felt um, easier for me. I know that might sound crazy, but the after cancer it was the hardest part. It is still sometimes the hardest part, but like the immediate after care, um, very tricky. Now, and then for those who are listening, five year, that's a big mark. If you're not aware, the five year mark, it's a big one. So I just want to pause and also recognize and shine a light on that, Tara. That's huge. Happy for you, proud. There's that five year in between that is all the colors of gray. And it's, you know, I, I know, and I would love to dig more into this as much as you want to share, but I felt like I was given the, here you go, off into the world, but there was no, I have a plan, a strategy, a blueprint, a guidance whatsoever, because it was just, okay, back into the world. And you almost feel, I mean, there's no comparison really, but it's like when somebody comes out of prison after a 25 year sentence, they don't know how to readapt from what I read. I, I don't have firsthand experience there. Yeah. Thankfully, no felonies on this side um, yet. And I don't see that coming. But when it comes to cancer, I remember that. And I even wrote that in my book, Living Cancer Free. It was like a blank page, but you also stare at it like, what do I do now? And I found that it created a little bit of PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. What did you find in your, your, your journey? Same thing. Like I walked out, you know, I remember like leaving Sloan Kettering and it was like a beautiful, bright, sunny day, you know, and you're just like, I'm super excited. I want to celebrate, but then kind of immediately right after feeling like, okay, but what does life look like? And I'd been thinking about it a lot. I think I went through treatment for about 14 months. So I would say after I got through like the hardest part and sort of started to come out of that and regain some strength and just think about what do I want my life to look like going forward? I knew it wouldn't be the same. I didn't want it to be the same. Um, and so I knew that at least, right? Um, but I think there was so much missing and it just sent me into um, seeker mode. I've sort of always been a seeker, but I just like gathering information. I was reading, well, mostly podcasts um, or audiobooks. Um, my eyes weren't great coming out of chemo. I don't know if people know that's a thing. Um, but um, so not reading a ton of books, but at that moment, and I had to really build a team of people around me. And that's what I did. You know, I found an acupuncturist. I found 
um, you know, the best integrative medicine doctors, just sort of who are they? Who's at the cutting edge of the research? What are the tests we can do? Um, what are all the lifestyle changes I'm going to make? Um, and all of, you know, that kind of stuff and just gathering it. And it's an ongoing process. I'm kind of still doing it, which I would, maybe you are too. I don't know. It's like, kind of doesn't feel like it ends. Well, I'll, I'll, I want to first jump back a little bit because, and yes, in my own way, of course, but for what you have shared, you know, to expand on the team that you started to create, you know, it's, they're all holistic ways of healing your body. Mm-hmm. And I want to dig a little bit deeper into that because the chemotherapy, did you do radiation as well? I did. Yeah. And I had a lumpectomy. So it's it's a lot for the body to go through. I did chemo and radiation as well. And it's just, it's a lot for the body to go through. And I am thankful because it did save me. Yeah. I do wonder if I had also the knowledge of that time because I'm coming up on 19 years. So if I had that idea, thank you. If I had that knowledge back then to incorporate what would have been a little bit different, you know, I I would still be doing the chemotherapy, but the importance of merging both holistic and modern, you know, Western medicine, I think are crucial. And I say this time and time again, but I'm still baffled every time when I had the conversation with my PD oncologist, you know, oh, my, my PD pediatrician uh, recommended that I have green tea. She says, well, I don't recommend it, but as long as it doesn't interfere with your treatment. I'm like, yep. at, even at 19, I was like, that just doesn't sound right. That just doesn't, sounds a little off. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like that doesn't, that doesn't seem right. You know, like, and I think. Totally. It's, it's like, it's mind blowing to me actually. Um, and like you said, yes, I'm so grateful that there is Western medicine and, you know, likely that chemo and that surgery, that radiation saved my life, you know? Um, but I, I would love to see more of both. Right. Um, and so you, I definitely got the like, well, it won't hurt, but I'm like, you know, you get a list of things you could eat during chemo and it's like milkshake, cheeseburger, like whatever keeps the pounds on. And I'm like, yeah, that doesn't seem right. Um, so like, um, and similar to you, cause I think, I don't know, I, I, my mom was a health food junkie, like forever. Um, so I felt like I had some knowledge of, you know, around nutrition and all of that, but I didn't know that, um, you know, eating a ketogenic diet a couple of days before chemo and a few days after actually gives you, you know, the science shows it it can give an even better response, right. And actually kills off more of the cancer cells, um, and less of the healthy cells. So I didn't know that at the time, you know, but so even though I was kind of finding this, like, you know, six months after a year after I still had that, like, Oh God, I wish I had known that. Um, and, but yeah, grateful that, you know, I kind of came to it just coming out and gathering all of the things. Um, that's fascinating. So and even that knowledge itself, I wasn't aware of that by any means. And even today, and I am a fairly healthy eater now. Um, but imagine if they gave that that little bit of information and the tools and how to. And you know, there was they. What if that built the team? And instead, you're having to go out and source 
the mm-hmm. acupuncturist, the nutritional information, these studies. And it's and you're saying it's scientifically backed. It's not like they just decided, hey, try this. Let's yeah. see. And you know, they threw it up on YouTube. Yeah. So you created no, it- your own team. And it, talking about the whole nutritional aspect is horrific in hospitals. Yeah. Same you oh. mentioned cheeseburgers. And it was the same thing. I was getting my bloods drawn in uh, when I did one of my checkups at Dana-Farber. And I said, because I, I was treated in Yale, New Haven in Connecticut. And then when I lived in Boston, I did one of my follow-ups in, in Dana-Farber. So, and like yourself, Sloan Kettering, they're like best of the best. And she's drawing yeah. my bloods. And I look over at this little boy getting um, his treatment. And I said, wow, hamburger and french fries, or maybe it was chicken nuggets, one of the worser of the evils. And they said, that's an interesting meal. And they says, well, at least he's eating something. I was like, if that's your thought process, not sure what to say. Keep going, get the blood. And I'm like, there's just a better way. There's got to be a better way. I think it, I'm pretty sure um, I can look it up and share if it's helpful, but um, I'm pretty sure it's, it's Dr. Walter Longo, the um, fasting mimicking diet. Um scientists of the science, you know, who came up with that, um, did this study, um, on the ketogenic diet, um, during chemo. So it's like, even even just that line that like, well, at least you're eating something. It's like, actually, is that even true? Like maybe actually it's better if you're not eating something, you know, giving your body a small amount of calories, you know, so it can function, but I don't know. I think it's really interesting. And I think, um, you know, just the disconnect between feeling like, well, sure, it won't hurt if you go out and do it, you know, versus, and that's where for me, it really came to just like listening to myself. And there was so much time, you know, it's like, there's so much time while you're going through treatment to be quiet and just to sort of, for me, like it brought me to my knees. It, you know, made a lot of things clear. It was, I had a lot of space, and a lot of time to think and just sort of getting clear and trusting myself that I actually like, you know, there's a lot of information that we have access to within our bodies that can lead us toward the next right thing for us. How are you able to create that quiet space for yourself? Because that's crucial. But how are you able to do that during your treatments to listen in and become more self-aware? So my kids my older two kids were two and four when I got diagnosed. Um, so that was tough. Um, but I would say I had a lot of help, you know, I had, I have, um, two sisters and a brother and my parents and our community and my husband and everyone, you know, really just rallied around us and gave us so much support. Um, and so, you know, just those times laying in bed or, but, and when I first got diagnosed, I just kept having this word, just the word space kept coming up. Just, it was in my head. It was just like space. I need space. I need space. And I was feeling it before cancer too, actually, but it felt so overwhelming between, you know, commuting and a full-time job that I really liked, but you know, just all of those things, it's like, it didn't feel possible. Right. And it's, then it was here and it was like, well, actually you have no other choice. You know, you can like, listen and get quiet or not. And so just sort of, I don't know, I just took the space, you know, it was, I, I was just some, you know, I just heard it and I followed and I learned how to receive help 
that was really hard. I guess actually that's the answer. I learned to receive and to ask for help because otherwise you it's tough to create space with two little kids and life. Now, and it's a very powerful statement. Um, I do not have children, but I do I do resonate with that deeply. Do you think it's a a female driven thing? Like you're a caretaker. You're a caretaker yeah. to many. And then to have the need to be taken care of. What was that transition like for you? Um it was really tough. Like even actually just thinking about it, I'm feel I could it could make me cry. Like um I got um my sister started a meal train in the town where we live and I'm going to cry. Um <laughs> I'm just going to cry. Wherever um, you feel good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um I can't tell this story without crying. Um and so my sister, you know, put out a meal train to our community and so many friends participated, but so many people I didn't know participated. And this one woman, Noreen, who actually I still haven't met, this makes me want to like go find her. Um, but she brought us a meal and she wrote me this note saying when my mom had cancer, like an army of angels, like just came and like supported us and carried us through. And it's something that I was like, oh, okay, like I'm not the first person to have gone through this. I definitely will not be the last. And that like, this actually is the way through, right? It's like in the opening up and the connection and the receiving. Um, and that like, I want to give, right? Like, so why wouldn't someone else want to give to me, you know, and then I think stepping into just like feeling worthy, feeling like, you know, it would be a good thing to receive this. And then just, you know, kind of make even like, you know, my brother and my sister-in-law came every Friday and brought us groceries. And sometimes like at the beginning, I just remember thinking like, oh, you live, you live kind of far away. That feels like a burden or, you know, just all the reasons of like, no, 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 it's Okay. I like grocery shopping because I love food, you know, like all of those things. But like, actually, that would it was really nice to receive. It was wonderful to see them every week. It was good for the kids. And, you know, just also noticing the way we show up for one another when something is wrong, you know, or something, you know, is challenging. And um, yeah, I don't know, not to go off on a tangent, but I think that it's... um it was, that was one of the greatest gifts that I did receive through cancer was just, um, learning to receive. I don't yeah. know if it was a tangent, but it was the most beautiful one that I've heard. And I had oh. tears in my eyes and chills. <laughs> it's really Thanks. strong and powerful. And just that allowance to let in is perhaps also the allowance of the healing process, you know, with the cancer, with the, so I'm a big believer and everybody has their own trains of thought, but the cancer is a representation of something deeper within the body, the mind, the energetic field. And sometimes I have this conversation, people are like, hoo-ha, okay. And oh, others are like, oh, let's dip in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're in good company. And, really, I and I'm, I'm sure it resonates for you too. And I, I do believe that there's reason for what I was telling myself, you know, for 
you asked about what the the team was that I was creating. And I think it had a lot to do with what I was telling myself and what I had done personally to myself, but also it had me look years later. I wasn't the wisest one in my 20s to say like, let's clean your act up now, Sarah. It was like, let's go have fun. Yeah, as you should, right? I'm sure I would have done the same thing. Yeah, I was a little disruptive in society, but (laughs) we live and learn and now I have great stories to tell. I do believe, sorry, mom. I do believe that there's different kinds of cancers. And one of the the hardest cancers that I've let go of, even in the recent years, were people that I was allowing into my life and the Mm. thoughts of self-worth, like you were just sharing. And those, I think, are the deeper, harder lessons and cancers to remove because there are no treatment steps like you were saying to that. It's just, this is it. And like you had to source your team of holistic healing and acupuncture and doing all of the research on yourself. You have your family, your friends. It's also really pruning what is your life. So I think we touched on a little bit of what we, you know, what is a little uh, fudgy, we'll put it that way, in the cancer treatment. They, they're it's a closed-minded approach towards um, any kind of Eastern or holistic medicine. I'll, on a gander, say because of legal reasons, perhaps lack of education, time, of course, let's, let's give it to doctors. They're very limited on time and energy. Mm-hmm. But, and those are just a few. Then, of course, like the nutritional, what's in the hospitals, everything. And then you're just kind of sent out after and it's like, Da-da-da, here you go back into the world. Go fly, little duck. And you're like, I don't have wings. Hello? Yeah. What so, would you want to see different? And what would you suggest that can be done? Yeah, so I would love to see um, more testing. So I think to go with the nutritional testing, um, I worked with this a wonderful um, group called Vermission Nutrition. And so they actually, um, we did some DNA testing and then they look at that DNA testing and think about your cancer that you had and provide a nutritional path forward based on like, you know, you might think like, oh, but I'm eating grass fed beef. But for instance, I have a SNP that actually can turn, um, I can get like a, um, a glucose spike if I eat beef, which like has a lot of protein, but it can actually show up as um, I can get an insulin response to it. Right. So I have this snip. And so we have to get granular, I guess you would call this personalized medicine, right? How do we get specific about each person and what's good for each person? Um, so I would love to see more of that. I think that, um, having access and, um, more information around how to really find a good therapist, what kind of therapist is the right person for you. Um, And I did that for a bit and then I took a break and I'm actually back now in therapy for some of the PTSD that's coming up around since we launched Complex Creatures. I'm talking about boobs all day long and I'm, you know, the dreams are coming in and I'm having, you know, all these, the the fear thoughts are coming back more often than they were. which sucks. So I don't, you know, I want to deal with that. I would say, um, you know, for me, it was important to 
detox all of the drugs from my body. Um, so like acupuncture was really important. Um, I think I would love to see that, which they, you know, they kind of offer it at some of these bigger institutions, but I think I would love to see a comprehensive plan of like, Hey, here are the people that we think you might benefit from working on. And here's why. And, you know, it's the nutrition, it's detoxing, and then it's supporting, like, why did you get cancer in the first place? Right. And I know for some people it's genetic, but for like, I think the number right now is 85% of us. It's not, it's epigenetic, which means all the things we're choosing to do and putting it in our bodies and our environment are affecting us. Right. So like, how can we change that? Get a water filter in your house. I love crispy cancer. Like, you know, there's just different people out there, but like really looking holistically. Um, and actually Dr. Nasha Winters, she's one of our medical advisor, um, you know, but you're looking at the terrain, that's sort of the vernacular that, that she has um, written her book on and, or one of her books and looking at all of the different areas of your life and then putting together a team kind of based on that. So I would say it's nutrition, but at, you know, a DNA level, like what's specific to you and then pairing that with integrative functional medicine of like, where are you now and following that. Um, and then the other thing, um, coaching was a really big thing for me. I actually went through coach training because I think we all know the things we're supposed to do, but like, how do we implement them? Even like, I'm someone that knows all the things. I'm still not great at all the time consistently at doing them, you know? So having accountability and like, how do we implement some of these harder changes um, into our lives, like for the long run? Um, and fasting, that's super important. That was something that um, uh, I... I ended up going down to Virginia and going to the M clinic where, which actually doesn't exist anymore, but Dr. Zach Bush um, founded the M clinic. And I was, I heard him interviewed on, I don't know, I think Bulletproof radio or something. And I was like, he's my guy. I'm going to see him. And I, and I did. And I like, I went down and, and, you know, cause I'm, I just knew coming out of, you know, treatment. I was like, there has to be someone who's like doing the thing that I think should exist. Like I have this idea in my head. It's definitely not my idea. It exists, you know, but, and so I, I just kind of kept following and listening and um, I would love to just see that, you know, I would love to um, for people to be able to have a resource of here are some things you probably want to consider as you come out of your cancer treatment, other than, you know, get your mammogram and, or your MRI and, you know, take your aromatase inhibitors or whatever. Come back for additional yeah. testing and yeah. yeah, because then it goes to insurance and then it goes to medical and there's so many other factors that go into it. And it's really not that complicated to create an aggregated resource. I agree with you. Yeah. I do believe there's a lot of legal jargon and complications behind much of it. Mm -hmm. But I do know that it's possible. And, you know, something that you alluded to in your conversation, but also I want to tap into deeper is the preventative care as well. And also the natural healers that we can use along the process. So complex creatures, you 
have also sent to me. It's one of your oils and it's, it's a beautiful oil. It has a great feel to it and it's used for, I tried it the other day and it's used for the breast, but it becomes a ritual where you're checking your own breast for any abnormalities and it becomes a self-care ritual that just feels really good as opposed to putting a, a something on your calendar that's like, oh, check the boobs this month, like, it, or, you know, go once a year and get more radiation and a scan. So tell me a little bit more, your sister and yourself, who will be interviewed as well on this podcast, co-founded Complex Creatures. Tell us a little bit more about. Yeah. So, yeah. So I'm so glad that you're enjoying it and feeling like it's a ritual because that's sort of, you know, um, I mean, not a day goes by or even an hour that I'm not feeling my boobs at this point. Cause I just, I know how important it is to keep things flowing and just, you know, wanting to sort of know what my breasts feel like, um, if they're going to change depending on, you know, what time of month it is, if you still get your period, all of those things. Um, and so, you know, we really actually, the oil start came to be because, my sister, Lisa, my co-founder, she automatically was high risk once I became um, diagnosed and she just had sore boobs and she had, you know, so she was sort of looking for different remedies and mixing things up at home. And she found that regular, you know, breast massage with this oil that she had made at home um, was really helping her. Um, And I think at that point I was still going through treatment, so I wasn't using it, but Um, that was sort of how it started. And then it became for me a way, you know, after my surgery and radiation of one healing the tissue, right. You, I don't think I knew that, um, like once you get radiated, it kind of never goes away. Like the tightness is always there. Um, there's, I, or maybe it does. I don't know. Maybe you tell me you're further out than I am. I'm like, it still feels numb sometimes. There's still, you know, it's still tight if I'm not stretching, um, doing stretches or doing massage on that breast. So I think- Yoga has been a big one for me. Yoga and self-massage for sure. Myofascial, which is good anyway for lymphatic and the whole body yeah. function. It's right. <laughs> I, I went for- like exactly I went for a checkup one time and they're like oh well you because I had radiation on the neck and they said you're you know your muscles are very fluid and healed and I was like yeah it's called yoga it's you know not to be smart ass but it's also we're not reinventing a wheel here around like oh it's just gonna be that way or it's just and you're like wait really is that true you know and I think that's sort of you know, one of the things that I, you know, just, it's an experiment. I'm just like, is that true? Everything they tell me. And I'm just kind of, you know, like seeing, let me just see for myself, you know, um, like even, um, and then the bomb, you know, so that's our oil is one of the things we have, but the bomb that we have was based off of this, um, you know, formula that I found from this practitioner who lived near me. And when I was about to start radiation, they prescribed me this cream and I don't know, I got it and it had all kinds of chemicals in it. I couldn't read. And one of them was aluminum, which I know has been like debunked, but I still was like, I had that moment of like, that doesn't seem right. You know, 
was exactly that in my head. Like this doesn't seem right. And so I just followed that voice. I found this other bomb. I used it. All my doctors were like that. You're, you look great. Like it doesn't look like you've had radiation at all, you know? And then I was buying it for other people I knew going through surgery or radiation. And I'm like, why does this not exist? You know? Um, and then this woman, she was an older woman and she wasn't always in her office and it wasn't available. It wasn't, you know, she wasn't trying to sell it, but I couldn't get it. And I'm like, how is this not a thing? <laughs> how is there not something that's clean that like helps really like support the burns? And anyway, I've used it on everything, um, but it's really helped on my port scar. Um, it's like almost gone and um, just it's really helping people. And I think that um, I'm so there's a duality to it, right? Because it's like, we made this thing that's super helpful. And every time I hear from somebody that it's actually helping them, I'm super grateful. And also just sort of pissed off that they have to go through, you know, that they're going through it. And there's just more people going through breast cancer or whatever kind of cancer. Um, But, you know, I'm grateful that, that we have been able to help some people and hope we'll be able to help, you know, a lot more with it. I think this conversation was also a beautiful ad as well. So we're going to drop all the links below that you mentioned, um, including some of the references, of course, for complex creatures, which I'm using both of your products even today uh, on a day to day. It helps even with other scars as well. I use it for some yeah. of my face and they've gone away. So it works for a lot of different um, parts of your body. And I cannot thank you enough. This was such a beautiful conversation, inspiring, empowering, and enlightening because there's so much that can be done with very little effort. And it's going to come down, I think, to the survivors, thrivers, and on an individual level, because we may not get that from the doctors, the medical, the insurance. So this is up to us, I believe, in joining together. So thank you, Tara, so much. Oh, thanks for having me. I love talking with you. Likewise, likewise. And hopefully we'll see each other soon in New York. Yes, let's do it. And that wraps up another episode of Never Settle. Stay tuned. Subscribe here for more stories and adventures and journeys of entrepreneurs, individuals that motivate, empower, and thrive because we don't settle. We challenge status quo and we can always 1% better.